In the truly sickening hellscape of, quote, government justice, Jeffrey Epstein is finally potentially facing incredibly delayed justice for crimes that he's alleged to have committed back in 2002 to 2005, crimes involving the trafficking of underaged girls. Basically, this means, given that it's 17 years later, that a baby born when he was first committing these crimes would be too old for him to traffic these days. It's monstrous and it's horrible. We're going to unpeel it and look at the details and look at what's going on in the plea and what's going on in the indictment. And I just, you know, up front, I'm not a lawyer. These are just sort of my personal perspectives and opinions. Nothing has been proven as yet, although the evidence is certainly mounting up. So federal prosecutors say financier Jeffrey Epstein sexually exploited dozens of girls and paid victims to recruit others. He is facing a maximum sentence of 45 years in jail. News has just come out that a plea deal is being offered in which he will give up those who paid for sex with these underage girls in return for a maximum five-year sentence. Now, he was, of course, tried for some of the, or he was accused of some of this stuff before and entered into a plea deal in the past. Why is this happening again? Well, because he had an immunity deal in Florida, but he's indicted now in New York City. So his immunity deal only applied to Florida itself. So the Southern District of New York is now saying that Epstein's home in New York was part of this conspiracy to sexually traffic young girls and therefore is in their jurisdiction. And there is a Department of Justice policy in the U.S. regarding plea deals that you don't tie the hands of other investigators. And this is the quote from the policy. It is important that non-prosecution agreements be drawn in terms that will not bind other federal prosecutors or agencies without their consent. Thus, if practicable, the attorney for the government should explicitly limit the scope of his slash her agreement to non-prosecution within his slash her district. So that's why he's up on these charges again. Now, I mean, this media bias is crazy, right? So they're always talking about his ties to Donald Trump. Occasionally, they'll throw in people like Prince Andrew, Alan Dershowitz, and Bill Clinton. But here's an example, and I put all the sources below. And I quote, they're talking about Epstein, of course, quote, a high-powered hedge fund manager with connections to powerful figures like former President Bill Clinton, President Donald Trump, Prince Andrew, and lawyer Alan Dershowitz. Epstein had an extensive library of political connections. Clinton flew several times in Epstein's private plane. And President Trump also frequently hosted Epstein at Mar-a-Lago, his estate in Palm Beach. Okay, so let's just sort of break this out a little bit. Okay. Clinton did not just fly several times in Epstein's private plane. There's 26 at least, some of which were without his Secret Service Guard, right, as an ex-president. He's, Clinton is allowed or I guess he's encouraged to have Secret Service protection for the rest of his life on the taxpayer's dime, and he ditched his handlers and his minders and potential witnesses to go on this plane 26 times at least. And um, President Trump never flew a plane to what was colloquially referred to as Epstein's pedo island. And President Trump frequently hosted Epstein at Mar-a-Lago. Yes, that's right. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people visited Mar-a-Lago. It was a club. So what does it mean he hosted Epstein? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything at all. If I buy a gym membership and I go to the gym, does that mean they're hosting me and have some big personal connection? Well, of course, that's nonsense. And of course, what is not mentioned is what has been reported 
that Epstein, with varying degrees of aggressiveness, according to some reports, propositioned the underage daughter of a member of the club at Mar-a-Lago, at which point President Trump banned him uh, for life from his clubs. That is uh, not exactly enabling. Now, of course, Epstein, like a lot of wealthy guys with nasty habits, threw money around in order to create potential allies. You know, I will do you a favor kind of thing, right? So the island, the island, is also home to Epstein's foundation, the Jeffrey Epstein VI Foundation. And what did this foundation do? Well, a lot of things, but it's best known for donating $30 million to Harvard University for the establishment of a mathematical biology and evolutionary dynamics program. In a 2003 Harvard Crimson article on Epstein and his gift to the university, he is described by a bunch of Harvard luminaries, including Alan Dershowitz, who would later help represent Epstein when he was accused of sex crimes in 2007, as, quote, brilliant and, quote, one of the most pleasant philanthropists. So Harvard took $30 million from this guy, and even after he signed a plea deal identifying him as a registered sex offender. Well, Harvard did not reject any of the money there, keeping their grubby little claws on it because I guess their reputation is very important to them. Now, I talked with Mike Cernovich yesterday about this mysterious wealth. And uh, there's a guy named Michael Stroll who sued Epstein over some failed business issue in the 2000s, told New York Magazine in 2007, and I quote, Everybody who's his friend thinks he's so darn brilliant because he's so darn wealthy. I never saw any brilliance. I never saw him work. Anybody I know that is that wealthy works 26 hours a day. This guy plays 26 hours a day. Now, the possibility, of course, more than a possibility, I think, that this island and maybe even his private residences were wired for sound and video and that he trapped people or they were willing participants in having sex with underage girls, he filmed them, and then kind of owned them. Well, if it was some kind of blackmail operation that was going on, then that would explain why he had a lot of money. That would explain why people wanted to, quote, invest in his uh, enterprises. So we'll see. Actually, I don't think we'll see from the current stuff that's going on with the government. But uh... So there's a quote that Trump had uh, back, I think, in 2002. He said, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. All right, all right. So you understand what it's life, what life is like when you're rich and powerful. When you're rich and powerful, people like to sue you, right? I mean, there are countless, well, the number is, is massive. There's well over a million lawsuits filed in America, the vast majority of them against rich people. That's like every year. And so you can't say he likes underage girls, right? He's going to sue you, right? And And so... He's like, oh, yeah, it's positive, blah, blah, blah. And many of them are on the younger side. Well, that's, to me, I interpret that as a way of warning people about this guy's preferences without ending, ending up getting sued. Now, the media is uh, quoting this as if they had some close relationship. Yeah, there's people I've known for a long time that I don't have close relationships with. You know, I, uh, I, I, when I was an entrepreneur, I still do have an accountant. And nice guy, but, uh, you know. We're not twins, so to speak, right? So you can know people for a long time socially without knowing them in any grave, uh, great or particular detail. But when Trump is talking like this, in my view, this is what he's doing. 
Trump's ties to Epstein appear to be strictly social. There were some dinner parties, two plane trips, and meeting a meeting at Trump's Mar-a-Lago Resort in Palm Beach, Florida. So, 15 years. This is supposed to be their big close friendships. Some dinner parties. Now, if you've been to high-octane dinner parties, well, what happens is there are like 15, 20, 25, 30 people there. You often don't have control over the guest list unless it's your particular party. So you show up at some party and there's some other guy could be at the other end of the table. You might exchange nothing other than pleasantries and how's the weather been for you and how's your golf swing lately over the course of the entire evening. Uh, Two plane trips. Uh, I've read of one. Maybe there's another one. And this one was, I believe, from Florida to New York. He hitched a ride on the smaller plane, which wasn't going to this uh, pedo island or anything like that. This is Trump. So, some social stuff. They didn't do business together as far as I can see. They didn't take vacations together. They didn't golf together, anything like that. And, of course, uh, Trump is on record talking about how Epstein's going to have trouble with this, this island of his. Now, if you look at that, Trump's ties, over 25 confirmed flights by Bill Clinton aboard Epstein's Lolita Express and his visits to Epstein's private island of the Caribbean, known to many as Pedo Island. Come on. To throw Trump and Clinton in the same sentence is, well, I mean, it's just corporate media falsehoods, right? So, yeah, Epstein spent a lot of his adult life cultivating relationships with the world's most powerful men. Well, was it because he had such a wonderful personality, was a great storyteller and charming and high charisma? Well, probably not. But if he had stuff on people, if he had dirt on people, or if he just lavishes money on people, I guess some people's relationships are up for sale. So flight logs show that from 2001 to 2003, Bill Clinton flew on Epstein's private plane 26 times. After Epstein's arrest in July 2006, federal tax records show Epstein donated $25,000 to the Clinton Foundation that year. There are also claims by a lawyer that uh, uh, Epstein said he helped co-found the Clinton Foundation. So that seems a little bit more than two ends of a dinner table that stretches the length of half a runway. Now, this idea that Epstein is going to roll on people and say, oh, this guy paid for uh, sexual favors uh, with these young girls that he was uh, allegedly trafficking. Okay, well, why why do you need a deal with this guy? You have flight logs. And I mentioned this on Twitter. Of course, people on Twitter are saying, well, flight logs aren't proof of anything. It's like, well, sure, but neither is some guy who's a convicted sex offender, admitted sex offender, saying, oh, yeah, this guy paid for sexual access to these underage girls. Like, let's say that there's some guy named Bob, and Epstein says, oh, yeah, Bob totally did it. Where's the proof? It's all cash. Now, if there is proof, it'll be in the videos. But if they start to unlock these videos that may have been shot in the cameras hidden in various places, well, then there's a whole other mess of things going on. So I don't know why they need to have a plea deal, because what you have, you have the flight logs, right? And according to some reports... The girls were actually on the planes, and there was sexual activity on the planes. So what you do is you get the flight logs, you sit down, and you interview people, and you say, okay, what were you doing there? What was the nature of your business? Uh, Did you see anything? Were there girls there? Did you learn their names? Did anything happen sexually? Let me just interview people like crazy. Because if Epstein says, oh, Bob paid $300 to have sex with this underage girl— I mean, that's not proof. That's just an allegation, right? So then you'd have to go to Bob and you'd have to interview him. So all Epstein is going to do is point at people to interview, which the flight logs do already. So the idea that there'd be some kind of deal. The only reason there'd be some kind of deal is for him to not name people 
not to name people, you understand. So for him to not name people would be the deal, not for him to name people, because there's nothing about Clinton, there's nothing about the planes, there's nothing about uh, uh, Prince Andrew or any other people in the um, charges that are being put forward against uh, Epstein at the moment, which we'll go through in a sec. So regarding um, the investigation that happened uh, back in the day regarding uh, uh, Epstein, okay, so Trump was one of the only people, if not the only person, who came forward voluntarily to really help out with that investigation, right? So here's a quote. Following a 2018 financial settlement between Florida attorney Bradley Edwards, who represented one of Epstein's accusers, only to be later sued by Epstein, Edwards claimed that Donald Trump was the, quote, only person, end quote, who provided assistance when Edwards served subpoenas and notices to high-profile individuals connected to Epstein. This is what Bradley Edwards, who represented one of Epstein's accusers, said, quote, the only thing that I can say about President Trump is that he is the only person who, in 2009, when I served a lot of subpoenas on a lot of people, or at least gave notice to some pretty connected people that I want to talk to them, is the only person who picked up the phone and said, let's just talk. I'll give you as much time as you want. I'll tell you what you need to know. And was very helpful in the information that he gave and gave no indication whatsoever that he was involved in anything untoward whatsoever, but had good information. That checked out and that helped us. And we didn't have to take a deposition of him in 2009. So there you go. There you go. Now, regarding this imaginary connection between Epstein and Trump, uh, here's a quote. Opposition research firm Fusion GPS tried and failed to find evidence of a close relationship between then-candidate Donald Trump and billionaire Jeffrey Epstein. Couldn't do it. Couldn't find a, you know, this is oppo research Fusion GPS who, you know, was instrumental in helping to try and fail to, to tie Trump to all of this Russian collusion, conspiracy theory, and so on. In January 2016, Vice.com ran a story on Trump's ties to Epstein, which framed them as more social. These are the dinner parties, two plane trips, and Epstein hanging out at Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, Florida. As Radar reported last April, and I quote, according to an investigation by Radar, Trump was among dozens of renowned New Yorkers who knew Epstein socially but ostracized him after Palm Beach police uncovered the financier's sleazy double life. End quote. Adding that Trump, quote, once barred child molester Jeffrey Epstein from his famed Mar-a-Lago club, after the presidential candidate caught him hitting on a young girl. So, this idea that there's this big close connection, it's just muddying the waters. Like, it's gaslighting to hide the Epstein-Clinton connection, which is rock solid and confirmed by more than uh, two dozen flight logs. All right. So, what's sad, too, is just how much this stuff was all known. So in a 2007 New York Magazine article, Vanity Fair columnist Michael Wolff described flying on Epstein's private plane in the 1990s. This back in the 1990s. What was that? More than a quarter century ago. Saying Epstein, quote, was followed onto the plane by, how shall I say this, by three teenage girls, not his daughters, end quote, who were, quote, 18, 19, 20, who knows, end quote, end quote, model-like. Come on. This is like sleazy, eyes wide shut, tongue-in-cheek stuff to say, oh, yeah, there's just teenagers. They were 18, 19, 20. Who knows? Who knows, right? This is a, uh, a quote from the article. He has never been secretive about the girls, Wolf said. 
Quote, at one point when his troubles began, he was talking to me and said, what can I say? I like young girls. I said, maybe you should say, I like young women. <sighs> Nasty stuff. Now, <clears throat> this is back in the day. According to Joseph Riccari, the lead Palm Beach detective on the case, Epstein was essentially operating a, quote, sexual pyramid scheme. About 80 women were identified who say they were molested or otherwise sexually abused by Jeffrey Epstein, and some accounts suggest that the total number of girls molested or otherwise sexually abused may be much higher. Well, of course. Of course. And this is the thing that, you know, when you, you really start to think about this stuff, just it plagues you. And I'm going to share this with you because this is a very moral core that we need to talk about here. The effects of these girls who were 14 years old or more or I think sometimes less even. Jen Lisa Jones, who says Epstein molested her when she was 14, said, you can't ever stop your thoughts. A word can trigger something. For me, it is the word pure because he called me pure in that room and then I remember what he did to me in that room. There was another 14-year-old middle school student and cheerleading captain who encountered Epstein, who later became addicted to drugs and served three years in prison on drug charges. Another woman who said Epstein molested her was found dead of a heroin overdose, and she left behind a young son. And, you know, the girls and the women who reported abuse by Epstein were, in general, lowest-rung, powerless people in society. Most of them, and I quote, came from disadvantaged families, single-parent homes, or foster care. Many of the girls were one step away from homelessness. So, it's the usual pattern. No dads, no protection from predatory men. And this is what pisses me off about this deal that was struck that gave him 13 months walkabout, sleeping in a four-poster bed in a pretend prison. And having day, a day pass, so he didn't have to spend the day in the prison, which is not supposed to be given to sex offenders. So because he got off so lightly, other people running the same scam, other people preying upon the same girls, looked at that and said, oh, well, you know, the fix is in, the game is in, we can do whatever we want, and what are we going to get, a tiny slap on the wrist? Who cares? Not throwing the book at this guy, not locking him up for what he deserved, gave carte blanche to other people to say, oh, well, what's the worst that could happen? Well, i got to spend a couple of nights in a country club of a jail. This is what happens. Like how many girls continued to be abused because this guy and his network were not exposed? How many girls were trafficked? How many girls were raped? How many girls were molested? How many girls were recruited to act as catchers for other girls, thus preying upon their conscience in horrible ways? Hundreds, thousands, we'll never know. But this is the result of, in my view, in the result of the really light sentence that he was given 
back in the day. How many more of these girls got preyed upon? And now they may be unable to have children, either physically or, or mentally, maybe undateable lives may be destroyed. Because, you see, it's not just that he preyed upon the girls, but he paid them to go and recruit other girls, thus trapping him and wrecking their conscience by having them participate in these unholy schemes. That's a level of sadism that is almost beyond, uh, I mean, it's almost beyond comprehension what, what, what he's done to these girls. Now, it is, particularly if the man is powerful, it takes a lot of testimony to bring him down. I mean, young female athletes have been reporting abuse by a fellow named, named Larry Nasser. He was a uh, USA Gymnastics team doctor, and he abused more than 100 young athletes since 1997 and ended up being sentenced to up to 175 years in prison. For more than a decade, the officials at Michigan State University, where this guy was employed, did nothing. Nothing. Look, there's one thing that society needs to get right. One thing. First and foremost, protect the children from these predators, from these monsters. That's one thing you need to do. You have one job. Stop your children from being raped, abused, exploited, molested. That's your first Job, if you can't get that right, nothing else means anything. And we as a society just look at the rape gang horrors, Telford and Rotherham and countless other places in the UK. It's going on since the 80s, since the 90s. Covered up. The fathers trying to rescue their daughters from these rape houses were arrested by police. It's the one thing we have to do as a society is protect our children. Everyone else has a fighting chance. The kids have nothing. You can't even do that. Can't even do that. So Epstein got this sweetheart deal. And this deal back in the day was overseen by former Miami U.S. attorney and current Trump labor secretary Alexander Acosta. Right, so Epstein dodged a possible life sentence of 13 months after pleading guilty to Florida charges of soliciting and procuring a person under age 18 for prostitution. I don't understand that at all. Again, I'm no lawyer. But if you have sex, if you're an adult and you have sex with a girl under the age of 18, isn't that statutory rape? Does it matter if you paid her or not? I mean, I guess it adds to the charges, but how on earth? I don't know. Now, Epstein's deal called a non-prosecution agreement granted immunity to, and I quote, any potential co-conspirators. So what does that mean? That means that if any of Epstein's powerful friends were involved in his crimes, they would face absolutely no consequences. And also, Alexander Acosta, maybe that's pronounced Acosta, I don't know, agreed that the deal would be kept secret from the victims, preventing them from showing up in court to try to challenge it, right? See, there's a rule, and they dodged this rule in some complicated legal manner, but there's a rule which says you can't make a plea deal with a, uh, with, with a, a criminal without consulting his victims. Whew, just dodged all of that. 
Some are calling for a casteist resignation from the Labour Department. See, the Labour Department, Labor Department, which he's in charge of, is responsible for a wide variety of things. But one of the things it's responsible for is preventing human trafficking. It's, it's like bile in the mouth, licking the battery acid of these soulless monsters. So Epstein, when he was first accused, was able to hire this, of course, Simpson-worthy dream team. Private investigators, Dershowitz, Starr, the guy famous for his investigation of Bill Clinton. So, of course, Epstein's investigators and lawyers worked to discredit or intimidate, to quote, the women and girls who came forward and the authorities working on the case, according to the Herald. After the case was referred to the FBI, Epstein's team mounted a, quote, year-long assault, quote, on federal prosecutors investigating them and their families looking for, quote, personal peccadillos, end quote, that might disqualify them from the case, according to a 2011 public statement by Acosta. Another wrinkle. This is fairly confirmed. One of the prosecutors now on the Jeffrey Epstein case is Maureen Comey. Comey? Ring a bell, ring a bell, yes. She's the daughter of fired and, I dare say, disgraced FBI Director James Comey. Maureen Comey, I mean, she was a, she's a Democrat. She participated in one of these half-crazed pussy hat marches against President Trump. She was appointed, of course, by the Obama administration. I mean, her whole family are Clinton supporters, and they were devastated when Clinton lost. It's crazy. James Comey, of course, an anti-Trumper, who was summarily fired by Trump. It's crazy. And, I mean, how's this going to play out? If dirt shows up on the Clintons, and this woman is a daughter of James Comey and a huge Clinton fan, what's going to happen? Sessions recused himself for being in the breathing vicinity of a Russian ambassador. But she's going to go and be in charge of or one of the prosecutors in this case. The fix is in, people. Now, just today, just as I was putting notes together for this, titles are Nude Photos of Underage Girls Seized from Jeffrey Epstein Mansion, Prosecutors Say. And now prosecutors moved to seize Epstein's $75 million townhouse, one of the largest in New York. Now, odd coincidence or just a very posh, bad neighborhood right across the street from Epstein's townhouse was Bill Cosby's house. I guess they might be neighbors again, just in a kind of new lot. And the home was previously a children's school. I, uh, I'm sure that the negotiations went something like this. Did the kids come with the school? Did the kids come with the house? So, I just wanted to, like, we'll get to the actual charges, but if if you have been victimized by this guy or his associates or his employees, SDNY federal prosecutors and the FBI are asking that anyone who may have been a victim of Jeffrey Epstein or have knowledge of any information pertaining to Epstein call 1-800-CALL-FBI. They're looking for any possible witnesses to help in the case against Epstein. That's 1-800-CALL-FBI. And uh, if you do have knowledge of this, I... Uh, I hope that you will.
All right, so let's have a look at the indictments that just came out from, of course, the United States of America versus Jeffrey Epstein. Count one, sex trafficking conspiracy. The grand jury charges, one, as set forth herein over the course of many years, Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, sexually exploited and abused dozens of minor girls at his homes in Manhattan, New York, and Palm Beach, Florida, among other locations. In particular, from at least in or about 2002 up to and including at least in or about 2005, Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, enticed and recruited and caused to be enticed and recruited minor girls to visit his mansion in Manhattan, New York, the New York residence, his estate in Palm Beach, Florida, the Palm Beach residence, to engage in sex acts with him, after which he would give the victims hundreds of dollars in cash. Moreover, and in order to maintain and increase his supply of victims, Epstein also paid certain of his victims to recruit additional girls to be similarly abused by Epstein. In this way, Epstein created a vast network of underage victims for him to sexually exploit in locations including New York and Palm Beach. The victims described herein were as young as 14 years old at the time. They were abused by Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, and were for various reasons often particularly vulnerable to exploitation. Epstein intentionally sought out minors and knew that many of his victims were in fact under the age of 18, including because in some instances minor victims expressly told him their age. In creating and maintaining this network of minor victims in multiple states to sexually abuse and exploit, Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, worked and conspired with others, including employees and associates who facilitated his conduct by, among other things, contacting victims and scheduling their sexual encounters with Epstein at the New York residence and at the Palm Beach residence. Now, it's interesting stuff, right? Worked with, sorry, worked and conspired with others, including employees and associates who facilitated his conduct. So he got his employees involved and associates See, this, this is something that I've thought about with regards to, you know, was he running some super legit hedge fund or investment fund or whatever? Because, you know, if, if, if this guy's handling a bunch of people's money and then this guy commits a crime, I'm no lawyer again, but wouldn't they sue him for uh, failure to fulfill the basic duties of his office, which is not to, say, allegedly trafficking underage girls for sexual purposes? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't his investors sue him and say, "Listen, man, I gave you a billion dollars." Like some of his hedge funds say, "Oh, you have to have at least a billion dollars." Why wouldn't people sue him and say, "Dude, you were doing this stuff at the same time as you were managing my money. Now my investments have been super harmed. I've lost money, perhaps, and you're no longer in charge of uh, a good person to be in charge. You failed your fiduciary responsibility to manage my money by engaging in criminal actions. Have those lawsuits occurred? I don't know, but if they didn't." Well, that goes to this possibility, this vague possibility that probably will never come out. It's just a pure hypothetical, of course, which is that uh, people funded him to create a honeypot trap to control uh, powerful people in the West so that they could do the bidding of unknown groups or governments or whatever, which, you know, could go some ways to explaining the seemingly insane aspects of U.S. foreign policy. But that, of course, remains completely speculative. So, yeah, who are, the, who are these associates? Are they going to be charged? Are they going to, like, what's going to happen? Factual background. During all, I'm not going to read the numbers here. During all time periods charged in this indictment, Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, was a financier with multiple residences in the continental U.S., New York residents, Palm Beach residents, and so on. Now, they are, of course, um, very much concerned that he's a flight risk. What has he got, like three U.S. passports and homes all over the world? And, I mean, he flies all over the place all the time. He's got enough money to ditch 
bail money if, if it need to and not even look back, you know, fly Polanski style and so on. So we'll see. You know, if he does fly, well, it'll be like uh, people getting out of uh, the United States after 9-11, in my view. So beginning in at least 2002, Jeffrey Epstein, now at least, right, could be for Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, enticed and recruited and caused to be enticed and recruited dozens of minor girls to engage in sex acts with him, after which Epstein paid the victims hundreds of dollars in cash at these residences. So this abuse, right, so when you get allegations, you look for a similarity of accusations from victims who've not been able to coordinate, right? In both New York and Florida, Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, perpetuated this abuse in similar ways. Victims were initially recruited to provide massages, quote, massages to Epstein, which would be performed nude or partially nude, would become increasingly sexual in nature, and would typically include one or more sex acts, right? So this is, this is how deranged and, and far from reality our society has become. I mean, how desperate or untutored or hungry for any kind of attention are these girls, where when someone comes along and you come from some broken home, as they say, you know, a lot of fatherless girls here or a single parent household, which I assume means single mom for the most part, comes along and says, hey, you know, there's this rich guy in a gated mansion who wants you at the age of 14 to come and give him a massage in return for money, right? If he wants a massage, there are plenty of legit masseuses who will come by, even set up a table in your own room, and he could certainly afford any of that, Right. So how naive do you have to be, how broken, how desperate, how untutored, unschooled, unprotected do you have to be that some creepster comes along and says, yeah, come and give this rich guy a massage in his private residence alone for money. I mean, come on. So it says, moreover, Epstein actively encouraged certain of his victims to recruit additional girls to be similarly sexually abused. Now, that's part of the sadism, in my view, that the two absorb them into his network of predation. Epstein incentivized his victims, go on, it goes on to say, Epstein incentivized his victims to become recruiters by paying these victim recruiters hundreds of dollars for each girl that they brought to Epstein. In so doing, Epstein maintained a steady supply of new victims to exploit. I mean, this is not, to me, the activities of somebody who's got a full-time job. So where's his money come from? So this is there's the New York residence, which they talk about here. And then this is what happens. Quote, when a victim arrived at the New York residence, she typically would be escorted to a room with a massage table where she would perform a massage on Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant. The victim, victims who were as young as 14 years of age. I've heard reported younger, but we're going to go with this and just say 14 is, is the base. The victims who were as young as 14 years of age were told by Epstein or other individuals to partially or fully undress before beginning the, quote, massage. During the encounter, Epstein would escalate the nature and scope of physical contact with his victim to include, among other things, sex acts, such as groping and direct and indirect contact with the victim's genitals. Epstein typically would also masturbate during these sexualized encounters, ask victims to touch him while he masturbated and touch victims' genitals with his hands or with sex toys. Girls. What's that phrase? We're going to get medieval on his ass. It's pretty tempting, pretty tempting, I'm sure, for some people. So they say Epstein knew that many of his New York victims were underage. Certain victims told him 
their age. Uh, quote, furthermore, once these minor victims were recruited, many were abused by Epstein on multiple subsequent occasions at the New York residence. Epstein sometimes personally contacted victim, victims to schedule appointments at the New York residence. In other instances, and I quote here, Epstein directed employees and associates, including a New York-based employee, Employee One, to communicate with victims via phone to arrange for these victims to return to the New York residence for additional sexual encounters with Epstein. And this is part of the, just the, I mean, the shattering of the family in the West. Your girl is unsupervised. She's out there roaming the streets. She's picked up by someone who says, come give a naked massage to some creepster in a private residence. And she's like, yeah, that seems great. She's got hundreds of dollars. She's traumatized. Right? Because the girl said the word pure was a trigger word for her because he kept referring to her as pure. I assume these girls were virgins, which means that they were, to one degree or another, deflowered, that the purity was besmirched and spoiled, shattered. So where are the families? The girl's gone. She comes back with hundreds of dollars. Do they not notice she's buying things? Do they not notice that she's changed? Do they not notice any alteration in her personality or notice the slight alteration in her finances? Where are the parents? And you don't, don't let your kids just roam around like this and, and not notice when anything happens. It's appalling. Well, this is back to lions, right? Female lions hunt and the male lions guard the perimeters. They guard the borders. They guard the boundaries of the pride. Men protect Girls, fathers protect girls in general. I mean, I've said this before, but children of single mother households are 30 to 40 times more likely to be abused. Women, as a whole, in general, cannot protect their children. It is a man's job. Which is why, if you want to prey on children, you want to get the men out of the household. You, you, want, to, you want to prey on children, you've you got to get the men out of the household. This is one of the reasons why the welfare state pays men to not be there. I'm not saying it's a conscious reason. It's one of the reasons why people love to get women to marry the state rather than have a man around who's going to protect the daughters and the sons, too. Men, the boys get abused as well. Not in this particular instance, but uh, it certainly happens. <sighs> So, yeah, that's, that's the general pattern, and I'll put the link to this, of course. Um, and this is across state, right? This was arranged across, this is from 14. In addition to recruiting and abusing minor girls in New York, Jeffrey Epstein, the defendant, created a similar network of minor girls to victimize in Palm Beach, Florida, where Epstein owned, possessed, and controlled another large residence, i.e. the Palm Beach residence. Epstein frequently traveled from New York to Palm Beach by private jet, before which an employee or associate would ensure that minor victims were available for encounters upon his arrival in Florida. Associates, employees, other girls. During these encounters, Epstein would escalate the nature and scope of the physical contact to include sex acts, such as groping and direct and indirect contact with the victim's genitals. Epstein would also typically masturbate during these encounters, ask victims to touch him while he masturbated and touch victims' genitals with his hands or with sex toys. Now, 
the reason Mike Sinovich was saying yesterday, and I'm paraphrasing here, so I apologize if I get anything wrong, but the reason that Epstein was arrested and these charges were laid was because there are, I think it's 2,000 pages of documents about to be unsealed as the result of the work by Mike Sinovich, who started it, the Miami Herald, and Alan Joshuwitz, who joined it later. These records are going to be unsealed. What this means to me, and again, I'm no lawyer, but what it means to me is that all these details were known when this savage sweetheart deal was given to this guy. All these details were known. All these details were known when this sweetheart deal was given to this guy. And the only reason he's being charged now is because these details were going to come out. God, what is wrong with us as a society? What is wrong with us? It's the first job. Keep creeps away from the genitals of your children. Everything else is kind of like icing after that. This is, this is the important thing. And who, who's going who's gonna to pay for this? Who's, who's going to, right? I mean, people say, well, how would a free market deal with this kind of stuff? Or would you want a contract with an agency that let this slide? Let this slip? Of course not. Now, we better shape up and start recognizing the fundamental reality that children are human beings and the human beings in society most desperately worthy of our protection. If we cannot protect our children, we've got nothing left to protect at all. But what do we do? What do we do with our kids? We, we dump them in government schools where they get indoctrinated. We laden them down with massive amounts of debt so they can be further indoctrinated in, quote, universities that are simply vampires feasting on the prior blood of what used to be called a reasonable education. What do we do? They don't vote, so we don't care about them. We don't care about them except and insofar as they can be manipulated for propaganda to open borders, whether in Europe or in America. Oh, and you know what else we do? What else we love about our kids? That they're going to grow up and pay taxes so we can use them as collateral with which to borrow and buy votes in the here and now. If we don't wake up and recognize that the most fundamental prejudice in the world today is childism, bigotry, and dehumanization of children, if we don't wake up and stop protecting our kids, not only will we not survive as a culture, as what used to be a civilization, not only will we not survive, by God, we don't even deserve to.